we, since we are talking about in this series, it's the communication in the family and beyond. So we're going to talk about listening in the context of interpersonal communication, uh, mostly today. There's going to be some other stuff mixed into there. But um, we're going to mainly focus in the Proverbs and what Proverbs has to say about listening. And um, we'll talk a little bit more in broader scope as well this week. But this week is going to be the biblical, hopefully uh, convicting, hopefully thinking about what you're not doing that you really should be doing and how you need to change according to Scripture in this area. You know, maybe you're a really good listener, but uh, I think all of us can be reminded and have to think about these things on a regular basis. I doubt any of us listens well all of the time. And so we all have some good things to uh, be reminded of. And then this week, uh, next week, we're going to be on part two of this. We're going to do a, a second week on listening, but next week's going to be the way more practical. And we did this before in this class. I, I went through the sort of the ways of listening or tips to listen, that kind of thing. However, that was in February. And I think the class has changed quite a bit since February. So I think it'll still be useful. And of course, it's not going to be exactly the same anyway, most likely. So. Um, so next week is the more practical and the how and what we do as we listen, hopefully. Um, now, if you guys want to open up your Bibles to Proverbs, so as a book, as a, a book of Scripture, Proverbs has, probably has the most to tell us about listening. It's spread throughout. Uh, there's not only verses that apply directly to listening and hearing, but there's a lot of verses that if you extrapolate out, you're going to hear, we're going to talk about some of those this morning that, that they apply to the idea of listening and we need to be, uh, taking them into consideration as well. So we could just park on Proverbs probably and discuss in this class and get a lot of value out of that. We're not going to do that this morning, but we, we really, really could do that. Proverbs has so much in it to help us with. Um, so we're going to review several verses in Proverbs. So get your pens out and write down the references and, and uh, be ready to turn some pages because we're going to hit a few of these. And we're going to sort of hit them pretty quickly too. So Proverbs 1, 5. The main reason for that is because Proverbs so, is so direct most of the time. I mean, it's not like we need a whole lot of figuring it out. I don't need to go through a word study like your guy's going to go through in church this morning. Uh, we don't need to go through that in Proverbs pretty much. It's, they're pretty straightforward, and we can get them pretty quickly. Now, the problem is, is do we pay attention to Proverbs often enough and actually think about how we're applying it in our life? That's the problem. It's not that we don't understand it. It's that we're not going to it often enough, and we're not applying it all the time. So that's, that's the way we need to be thinking about getting into Proverbs. They are nice, short, and sweet. And as I've said before, if you're sitting down with your kids and you're doing Proverbs on a regular basis, they start learning these things with no problem. My kids, we, we didn't do Proverbs all the time, a chapter. We tried to do a chapter a day, get through it every month. Tried to do that for a while. We didn't do it all the time, but even in the time that we did it, our kids were picking it up. And I would start a proverb and they would finish it. And they just learn, it's so valuable for them to be learning the word that way and then having the opportunity to discuss it as well. So Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and increase in learning and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. So what's this telling us? It's telling us the wise and understanding person seeks out wise counsel from others which means he's eager to learn from others. He's not, he's not holding back from that. He's eager to learn from others. He's, he knows there's things he can get out of other people. He's humble. 
at least enough to know that he can learn a lot from other people. Now, maybe you have heard it said that you can learn something from everybody, from anybody you might meet, you can learn something from. And it's, sometimes it's hard for us to, you know, you meet somebody who doesn't seem like they're all that bright or something, and you're like, I don't think I can learn anything from this guy. But I don't know if you guys have the experience of talking, you get talking to somebody and you oftentimes they're very surprised at what they know that you didn't think they would know. <laughs> uh, so it, we, we can definitely learn from a lot of people. So being humble enough to take uh, what people say. And as we're going to see later, sometimes they are coming to us with criticism or advice that we didn't ask for. And we still need to be humble enough to take that. So that being said, this verse, uh, I'm going to read it again here. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. So it tells us that a wise man hears and increases in learning, but it's because he's listening, he's paying attention, he's considering, he's evaluating, and he can learn from all kinds of inputs by doing that. Okay? Proverbs 14, 15 tells us the naive... Now, when you hear the word naive in Proverbs, you can also think simple, like simple-minded, right? Uh, so not only the person who is like sort of outside and doesn't get it, like the naive person that doesn't, isn't with it, but, but also the person who just doesn't think things through deeply, right? So the naive or simple person believes everything, but the sensible man considers his steps. If you turn over to Proverbs 22.3, the prudent sees the evil and hides himself, but the naive, or the simple person, goes on and are punished for it. And then it's put it a little different way in Proverbs 27, 12, saying a prudent man sees evil and hides himself, but the naive, or the simple person, proceeds and pays the penalty. So the wise and understanding, prudent, sensible man, listens, evaluates, considers the steps, and avoids evil. He steers clear of foolishness and instead seeks out wise counsel. Proverbs 10.8, the wise of heart will receive commands, but a babbling fool will be ruined. Now, when you guys hear the word fool in Proverbs, you know, I, I think we can sometimes take that lightly, a fool, somebody who's not all that smart or somebody who just does dumb things or whatever. But when God is talking about a fool, it's a serious thing. <laughs> you do not want to be a fool in the eyes of God. So Proverbs 10, 8, the wise of heart will receive commands, but a babbling fool will be ruined. What's, so what's the contrast here? The person who does what he's expected and or commanded to do does well. As I said, these things are pretty straightforward and obvious. It's wise to listen and act on the instruction of authority. The one who is busy talking and or complaining about the authority over him will fall. So... You know, authority structures, and as I said, you're going to hear about this more in church this morning, for sure, if you haven't been there already. But authority structures are set up, God puts them in place, and they're there for a reason. And if you've bought in, if you're under a government, or if you're in a company that has a structure, and they have an authority, they have hierarchy, and they are doing work, and they've, you know, the company's been around for a while, they know what they're doing, they have a system for what they do, and you might just be a cog in that machine, right? And that's not all that fun a lot of times, especially if you don't really agree with what's going on upstairs. Uh, however, there is a machine there and you're part of it. And it's only going to do you well to be part of the machine. It's not going to do any good to be the cog that's not working, right? That's, that's throwing the machine off. It's not going to go well for us when we do that. 
Matthew Henry says, those that are full of tongue seldom look well to their feet and therefore stumble and fall. So the person who's always talking, the person who's always complaining, instead of listening and learning and paying attention and trying to glean from those that know better or that have been around longer or that have wisdom to share, that person is going to stumble and fall. This reminds me of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Joseph, Nehemiah, Mordecai. I'm sure there's more in Scripture that I'm not thinking of, but those are the ones that came to my mind. And they heeded the instructions of the authorities placed over them. They were in godless authorities. They were under godless authorities, but they, you know, so they didn't agree with the ungodly ruling over them, but they respected it and they listened and they trusted God and they worked within their systems. And in doing that, God not only protected them, he also used them mightily. So we look at things going on in our own government. We look at things going on maybe in your workplace. There's all kinds of workplaces that are going astray these days, buying into the culture and stuff. So we need to take that into consideration, but we also need to remember that that's exactly where God has placed us. And so it is our duty to work in the system, to obey, and to honor God in doing that. And that's really hard to do sometimes. Proverbs 11, 14 where there is no guidance, the people fall, but in abundance of counselors, there's victory. Now, this one's a no-brainer, right? An abundance of input is far better than not having any guidance. Um, but, but this is, you know, another, I've said this before, but this is a note to the married, particularly, which should apply to this class, right? Uh, particularly the husbands, but having the counsel of your spouse is a blessing that you have your wife there to speak into whatever it is you're working on. Uh, going along without obtaining that counsel is not wise. Uh, and depending on the challenge or decision at hand, you might want to be seeking out insight from other people too. Uh, but at the minimum, husbands and wives need to be taking the counsel of their spouse into consideration. But I point out the husbands because husbands are the head. They are leading. And But doing that without the counsel of their wife or the buy-in, for the most part, from their wife is not going to go well uh, for them. Nor is it loving your wife as Christ loved the church um, or living with her in an understanding way. Sometimes counsel comes when we're not asking for it. So it says in an abundance of counselors, there's victory. Now, sometimes people choose to give you counsel when you haven't even asked for it, Right. They may see the challenges, you know, some people look at what's going on in your life and they may see the challenges coming before you. You know, an older, wiser, married couple can look at something that a young couple is talking about doing or moving into or buying a house or getting a car, whatever it is, some big step moving to a new place. They can look at that and they may be able to see the challenges that are ahead or the difficulties or the problems that might arise. Now, you're not, you know, that young couple may not be looking for counsel. They may not have been asking for it. Um, but we need to be sensitive to this and pay attention when people are giving us counsel, whether we ask for it or not. Because remember, God is still ordained that situation. Their counsel may not be good, but we need to take it into consideration still and be willing to hear. Be humble enough to say, oh, this person may have something to share with me, may have something useful and wise that I can use. We never know what God is up to and what seems to us to be random or useless could prove invaluable to us. Besides, if we're loving people well, we're going to hear them out. Proverbs 12.1, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. 
I always like it when the Bible uses straightforward words like stupid. <laughs> but he who hates reproof is stupid. The person who won't listen to correction is stupid. Regardless of who it is, it's wise to take counsel into consideration. Jim Neuheiser said, When someone is coming to correct me, I recite Proverbs 9.8 to myself. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. When we are being corrected, we will often be tempted to defend ourselves and to counterattack the person who is rebuking us. Isn't that our, our natural tendency? How do you dare to tell me about this situation? Or what makes you an expert in this? Why do you think you can tell me anything, right? That's our, our, our natural sinful reaction very often. It is easy to focus upon how they don't measure up to the standard they are setting for us or how their manner of confronting us falls short of the biblical standard. Instead, we should listen for what God may be telling us through this person. I pray that God will help those of us corrected to respond humbly, regardless of the approach, appreciating that it must be hard for a person to approach us with correction. Each of us is a sinner who needs correction. We should be thankful to have friends that love us enough to help. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, Proverbs 27, 6. Now, Neuheiser hits a couple of things here. Uh, one, it doesn't matter if the person measures up to our standards or we don't believe this person as, is as spiritually mature as we are. So that's our, a lot of times that's our first thing, right? We want to think biblically about things, and this person's coming to us. Now, should we be seeking out counsel from, should we be speaking, seeking out spiritual counsel from people that are less mature than we are? Probably not. But if that person's coming to us with counsel on something, even if it is a spiritual matter, they're coming to us, we still need to consider their counsel because God is still bringing that person. God ordains the relationships and the circumstances all the time. And so we need to keep, that's, and that's tough to keep, mind, uh, keep our head on a lot of the time. If they have something to say in correcting us, we need to at least consider it, evaluate it, and decide whether we need to change. Now, as Chris has been teaching on, up until now, he's been teaching on not offending and causing others to stumble. Uh, so we need to be mindful of others' opinions um, as they're coming to. Even unbelievers have some opinions and expectations of how believers should be behaving. They may not have that right, they may not, they don't know their scripture. Obviously, unbelievers aren't taking the scripture and, and saying, oh, this is a standard I'm going to live by or that somebody else should be living by. But they have their opinions about how believers should and should not live. Now, whether their opinions are aligned with scripture or not, we need to be careful we're not offending them. So we need, you know, that's the situation. We really need to be mindful of what their expectations are. And that's, <laughs> that's sort, of, sort of hard to swallow sometimes. Um, but if they're offended by biblical truth, the problem is with God, but that's, uh, they ought not to be offended for us in, on non-biblical matters. Okay, Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. So a lot of these, um, you know, as we're going through this, we're hearing a common theme. Basically, pride gets us into trouble, right? Pride, the pride of not listening, the pride of not seeking out counsel, Pride essentially makes us fools and gets us into trouble, plain and simple. The fool sees himself as smarter than others. He bucks counsel rather than listening to what the wiser than he might say. So the problem here is believing we are wiser than others. We very often, if not most often, don't know where someone is coming from. We think we know where they're coming from, but 
we oftentimes do not. We should be ready to hear and consider counsel regardless of the source. As we have said many times before, God has ordained the relationships and counsel. It doesn't mean we move forward with whatever they tell us, but we do take it into consideration. Um, in an additional thought here, or rather an additional warning possibly, depending on who you are, I guess. If someone tells you God told them to tell you something or they have a word from the Lord for you, uh, please politely tell them that you'll go to your Bible and find direction there, okay? <laughs> Proverbs 13.1, a wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. More, more of the same concept, right? However, this one, talking about going through Proverbs with your kids, this one seems like a pretty good one to have them memorize early on, right? A wise son accepts his father's discipline, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. So at the same time, you can talk about where wisdom comes from, what, what's, what is found in God's Word, what scoffing is. Kids naturally scoff, right? I think it's, it's built into their sin nature to scoff at their parents. And then they kind of get over it sometimes, and then as soon as they hit their teenage years, sometimes it comes back, you know. Um, but they, they, it's a normal thing for kids to scoff at their parents. Of course, if you're reading those chapters with Proverbs with your kids on a regular basis, you can deal with wisdom and scoffing and foolishness and all kinds of other useful topics. Proverbs 17, 17 28, even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is considered prudent. I love this verse. Basically, just keep your mouth shut, and you'll seem wiser than you would if you open your mouth sometimes. So, for the fool, anyway. Um, but thinking that we're wise and talking all the time oftentimes makes us look like a fool. Uh, in other words, even if a fool is wiser to listen, than to, he's wiser to listen than to talk. And using our ears a lot and our mouths a lot less is wise. Now, sort of a variation on this thought Abraham Lincoln, I had to look this up because I heard it was from Lincoln, but I also heard it was from Lincoln. So Abraham Lincoln, Mark Twain, and Maurice Switzer, who I'm sure you're familiar with, um, just some author, wrote kids' books, have all been attributed to the quote, this quote, better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and to remove all doubt. <laughs> or something, you know, they were very close. Um, so that's sort of a negative change, change up on the idea. It's same idea. Uh, and it sounds like it was inspired by that proverb, uh, which I'm sure if it was, maybe Lincoln would have gotten it there. I doubt Twain would have gotten it. I have no idea if Switzer would have gotten it there, right? So, okay, Proverbs 18.2. A fool does not delight in understanding, but only in revealing his own mind. Another one, a fool keeps talking about what he knows instead of listening to gain understanding. In personal conversation, we should be listening to gain understanding and spending less time talking about what we know. Proverbs 18, 13, he goes, he, he who gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame to him. And this one is a great one to keep in mind when you have kids in the house, when you have kids old enough to fight in the house, that is, when you have kids that are old enough to blame the other kids in the house. Uh, need to hear the whole story. Uh, very applicable to a lot of modern conversations. Uh, speak, it also speaks to the foolishness of interrupting when you think about it. I, mean, I told you about interrupting being such a bad thing. Well, if you're interrupting, you're not hearing the whole thing. You're not hearing uh, the whole story before you're giving an answer. You're interrupting in the middle of the story and giving an answer, and that's a folly and a shame to us when we do that. 
we need to be careful to allow people to develop their whole thought in their communication. A lot of people develop their thoughts as they're talking. And so you're not going to get the whole train, you're not going to get the whole story until you let them talk it out. You're going to have to let them get to the end. And sometimes that's difficult and it requires discipline and patience on our part. But that's what we're called to be as believers, is disciplined and patient. So you might have to wait for those people that think, as, think and process as they talk. Now, what could be the problem with waiting to hear the whole thing before we give an answer? Well, you could be talking to a fool who wants to keep talking and not listen, and you could be waiting a very long time to get to giving an answer because they don't stop talking. Proverbs 18, 15. The mind of the prudent acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. So here we have ears and minds working together. The mind acquires knowledge while the listening ear seeks it out. It says the, in the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Does this always mean actually listening with our ears? Of course not. We can gain knowledge by reading and observing all kinds of things. Of course, I might make the case that reading is really listening with your ears turned off or something like that. It's really, I mean, you're, you're reading to yourself, essentially. You're just not, except for those of you who can only read out loud. You can't read to yourself, I guess. But, um, Proverbs 19.20, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your day. So that's pretty straightforward. Listen to counsel and accept correction. The result, you're going to be wise. And Proverbs 10.19, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. So this doesn't directly address listening. However, uh, if you consider it in light of all the other passages admonishing us to listen a lot and speak less, it's good to keep in mind as well. So a whole bunch of stuff in Proverbs, and uh, that wasn't that wasn't all of it. I mean, you can find a lot more. And being in Proverbs on a regular basis is a good plan. Just It just is. So we skip over the New Testament, and the standard verse for listening is James 1, 19 and 20. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. And we could, we could park there for a long time, but we're not going to. Um, so... Biblically, God's made it pretty easily understood in His Word that listening is the best path and it's highly necessary for living life in wisdom at all and living a life that's godly, really. We're going to get to that. Um, practically, we can all agree with John MacArthur. Uh, he said he actually was, it was a sermon on listening to God, but he started it out like this. Frankly, good listeners make good company. Good listeners make good friends. Good listeners make good learners, and good listeners then make good teachers. Good listeners make good counselors. On the other hand, poor listeners who only want to hear themselves talk and even while forced to listen are only planning what they're going to say as soon as you take a breath are usually cheated out of the best relationships in life. Just from a human standpoint, learning how to listen is important. It determines an awful lot about our relationships to others. I think that's a pretty succinct way of saying that if we don't know how to listen, we're going to miss out on having deep relationships. We're going to miss out on having the best relationships that we can have if we're not listening. So what prevents us from being good listeners? We have ears, and we hear people, and AI. 
that. Talking to us all the time, right? We hear, we hear the noise all the time. We hear people talking and things coming at us. So hearing in one respect is easy. It's passive. On the other hand, speaking, putting your thoughts into words is an, an active exercise, right? One author says, listening might be defined as the ability to accurately receive and interpret messages in the communication process. Meaningful relationships are what make us fully human and proper communication is absolutely critical to this end. Effective listening is thus a skill that underpins all positive human relationships. The skill of good listening is incredibly rare. For while there is a vast amount of talking and broadcasting in our world, how much real listening is taking place? Listening requires full attention, focused concentration, and careful thinking. So while hearing is super easy, we hear things all the time, and we can even stand and hear somebody talking, actually listening to what they're saying and comprehending what they're getting and getting the communication, getting the thoughts that they're actually trying to present to us, that is much more difficult. It requires all of our concentration, all of our focus, and when we're not giving that, we're not loving that person well. In our flesh, you know, talking about problems that, that prevent us from listening well, in our flesh, it always comes back to us. It always comes back to what we want, what's convenient for us, what we're going to get out of it. And so that prevents us from self-sacrificing and listening to the person and valuing what that other person has to share with us. Our flesh seeks glory for us, not others, or for the Lord. We want to be the ones listened to and doing the talking, not putting in the effort and energy to consider others' thoughts and ideas. In our pride, we don't often hear the well. Um, we don't often hear well because we anticipate what others are going to say. So even if we don't interrupt, we, they're talking, and we assume we know where they're going, and so we just sort of tune out before they get to the end of their thought. And that's pride on our part because we're assuming, we're, we're thinking that we know better than they are where they're going. Uh, we also often are considering how to respond before the person has finished their thought. Again, it's because it's about our contribution, not theirs, right, in our flesh. One author stated it pretty straight, straightly, said, pride is the enemy of listening. We interrupt or get impatient when we're not regarding the other person as more important than ourselves. So when we interrupt, we need to automatically think that. I'm just considering what you have to say is not nearly as important as what I have to say. People rarely start with their most important thought or point when they're talking. People don't usually talk about the, most, the thing that they're really getting to. There's a whole lot of background a lot of times into what they're saying to us. And so we need to give them time to get there and to get their whole point across. And a lot of times it's not going to just come out. A lot of times we need to draw that out of them. Proverbs 20, verse 5. A plan in the heart of a man is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. We need to be people of understanding so that we can draw it out of them. We need to ask good questions. We need to really let them know we're paying attention. We're going to talk next week about how we do that. It requires us to track where they're going in their thoughts and ask good open-ended questions to help them let us in on where they're going and what they are thinking and feeling. 
We struggle to listen well because it's work. It's just work. It requires all this attention and focus and mental energy, and oftentimes we are just too lazy to listen to people well. Many of us struggle to give our undivided attention because we're so habituated to switching our attention all the time in short order, mostly with electronic stuff, right? We, things come and go. I've said it in this class before, probably as many new people as have not heard me, but if you've ever watched a television, I had this experience in this, and I, I was watching a TV, I could see I wasn't watching it. I was on my balcony in our apartment when Yvonne and I were not too long married. And across the courtyard area there was another house with a, or another apartment with their balcony. And they had their, you know, they had their sliding glass window open or whatever. And I could see their TV over there. I couldn't hear it because I'm a long ways away and they probably had it closed, the window closed anyway. But I could just see it over there. It was like evening. So I could see the pictures really easy, right? And you would not believe, turn your, turn your sound off on your TV when you're watching a show and just watch the pictures and keep track of how fast they change. You will not believe how fast the pic, you think you're watching this big dialogue with this long scene that's, that's, that's recorded in one shot maybe. But the reality is those things are changing. And when there's a plot or once a show that's got a lot of different plots going on, they will change in seconds. You'll see two, three seconds of one, and it'll switch to that, and it does that the entire time. And that's what our minds are used to. And when it takes time, when we sit down to talk to somebody and listen to them, and they're taking a while to get what they're saying out, sometimes that's tough for us. We are used to seeing things changing all the time. Or having the phone to pick up or watching the show or we have a million things that we do to keep us busy and to keep our minds active all the time. We have so many things to divide our attention and we're accustomed to these short bites uh, that having a huge meal of information and dialogue is sometimes really difficult for us. Overall, we just haven't been taught to listen. Really, they don't teach you to listen in school Parents oftentimes don't teach their kids to listen. I know we didn't have like specific listening training in the Hanson home for sure. Uh, you know, we just don't, we're not taught to listen. But like anything else, the best way to learn and improve is by actually doing it. But it requires us to be intentional in order for that to happen. So we're going to try, you know, we're going to go through some things next week that are hopefully helpful, but ultimately it just requires the intentionality of thinking about how am I listening to the person that's in front of me right now? And it's not going to change. Uh, David Mathis at Desiring God, he says, becoming a better listener hangs not on one big resolve to do better in a single conversation, but on developing a pattern of little resolves to focus in on particular people in specific the specific moments. It's just like anything else. We learn by little increments. We do it all the time. We're not going to learn. We're not going to sit down. We're not going to go through next week's class, hear all the tips on listening, and just apply those perfectly in every conversation after that. But if we're not intentional about how we are listening to people on a regular basis, we're not going to improve in the area either. Growth and listening is an important matter in our sanctification. We just can't care for others well without it. We can't care for others without listening to them well. One author said, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. 
We know people that need to be heard. We know people that need someone to listen to them. There's going to be times when the speaker doesn't expect or want anything in response. There's going to be times when people just need to talk, but they don't, they don't need anything from us. They need us to hear them, to listen to what they're saying. Sometimes that's our own spouse. Doesn't want what we have to say. They just want us to hear what's going on or what they're thinking and feeling about things. Jim Pyle relate a story of a four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the gentleman's yard, climbed into his lap, and just sat there. When his mother asked him what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, nothing, I just helped him cry. And that's not specifically about listening, but it gets the idea across, right? I mean, if that was an adult doing that, I hope you weren't going to climb up in somebody's lap, but... You know, if you're going to go over and you're going to help somebody mourn, help somebody cry, help somebody grieve, it may not be a good idea to talk about God's grace and God's sovereignty in the situation. It's better to listen to them and listen to them well and hear what they're really experiencing through it. We serve others as we discipline ourselves to listen well. And listening well opens the door a lot of times to be heard. People just don't care what we have to say until they sense that we care enough to know about them. Francis Schaeffer, which you may know or remember me mentioning back when we did the uh, video with Richard Gans, he was saved at Labrie, which was Francis Schaeffer's ministry. And he would, basically the entire ministry of Labrie was set up so that people could show up there and spend a lot of time with believers mainly Francis Schaeffer himself in the beginning, that, so that he could answer their questions, so that he could hear their concerns, he could hear their objections to Christianity, and he could give them solid answers back. That was the point. Schaeffer said, if I have only an hour with someone, I will spend the first 55 minutes asking questions and finding out what is troubling their heart and mind. And then in the last five minutes, I will share something of the truth. So he would hear, and, he would, and if you read his books, you'll hear that he listens to what people are saying, and then he gives them what they need. In the end, we just don't want to be like Job's friends and counselors. Remember how they did very little listening and a whole lot of talking and giving advice? Job spoke, they ignored what he said, and then they proceeded to pontificate about how Job was wrong, right? Even though they didn't hear a thing he said. So, you know, in finishing this up, I want to acknowledge that, you know, this... In hearing this stuff, I know this probably isn't new to most of you. I mean, the, the things that we talked about in Proverbs, you guys are probably familiar with. You've probably heard them a hundred times before, maybe if you've been in church very long. Um, but, you know, as Peter says in chapter in Second Peter chapters 1 and 3, I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up by way of reminder. And that's so much of what we get in the church. That's so much of the teaching we get in a lot of our cases, if we've been in the church very long, it's reminder. But we all need it. We all need to be considering how we're doing these things. And we all need to work on putting off our pride and our selfishness, putting on humility and self-sacrificing for the end of trying to benefit others, most particularly our closest neighbors who are our spouses in our homes and secondly, our children, uh, to whom we're supposed to be setting the example as well. If we're not listening to our spouse, we are setting the example for our kids to not listen to people either. So they're going to notice whether we are listening well or not. So next week, we're going to talk more about the practice of it.
and uh, some of you probably just thought, I, I need to make sure my spouse makes it to class next week. Um, but just in that case, just remember the planks and the specs, okay? So, um, so let's, let's, uh, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning, and I do thank you for your word and that it is so direct. I thank you for the Proverbs that you laid out so much wisdom there for us to, to gain and in such rememberable form, and I pray that you would help us to be mindful to be in your word regularly, that we would be uh, disciplined in doing so, and that not, not just checking out the box of reading our text for the day, but that we would be examining ourselves, considering how to apply your word well, and as spouses and as parents, that we would be uh, mindful as how we might be able to help our spouse, help our kids to grow in grace as well. pray that you would go with those that are going to church this morning, give them open ears to what Chris has for them, and I pray that you bless the rest of us too. In Jesus' name, amen.